Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you are and however you may be joining. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Pirate Talk Radio Live. I've been recording this. We're now on episode 11. It's been doing quite well. I think we're just about over 200 downloads. So thank you very much to those of you who tune in to it on all your podcasting needs. But it's now going to be live on Twitch at the start of each uh, week's streams. Um, so you can check that out. Make sure you're following me on Twitter and all that stuff. Check that out. But you can also still listen to it on the podcast and you can also get it on YouTube. So that's going to be exciting. Wherever you want to check it out. Pirate Talk Radio is sponsored by you, the listener. You can support this broadcast by going to patreon.com slash TV or subscribing on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash TV. But by all means, tune in. Talk in the uh, chat and add to the conversation we're going to have there. I see that uh, I don't know how to say that name, so I'm not going to even try. But hello out there. Thank you for turning in during the the pre-roll. Appreciate that. Uh, today on the podcast, I want to talk about a couple things. Um, <clears throat> first, combat and some, some, uh, some pro tips for combat. Uh, in Sea of Thieves, and then also some changes that have kind of been rolling around my head with some of the more stale servers and, and things like that. So, but let's kick it off with uh, some combat talk. So, obviously, in Sea of Thieves, for those of you who have played, um, for those of you who don't play, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, anyways, but for those of you who've played, you've got the sword, you've got the blunderbuss, you've got the eye of reach or the sniper, and the pistol or flintlock. And those weapons have changed dramatically over the course of the two plus years that this game has been in existence. And, and people have a lot of uh, strong opinions of um, each of those weapons. Um, namely, usually it comes down to people who are fans of double gunning and people who are not fans of double gunning. Um, you get it all the time. Oh, you're just a sword click spammer or, oh, you're a dirty double gunner. And, and to be honest, it, 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 both weapon styles have their place and, and whichever one you prefer is the one you should use. And you should never get mad or triggered by someone who beats you, or you should never be triggered by someone who's using a different weapon style than you. Um, because based on your weapon style, you have pros and you have cons. Um, for example, those people out there who are double gunning, um, you are susceptible to close range combat. Yes, you have the blunderbuss. Yes, the blunderbuss can knock you back. Yes, if you are not hit reg, the blunderbuss can one-shot someone at close range. Um, but with that being said, if you don't get that one shot, if you don't get the knockback, um, someone with a sword can chop you to bits like you're, you know, filleting a fish. And some people don't like that because the the sword has the the slight stun hit. The, the sword um, has, I'm not going to argue, a slightly longer range than it should. Um, if you've ever sat back and slashed at a at a mast on the on the game, the sword is about sword length plus half sword length um, as far as a uh, hitbox, and I think that's a little a little much. Um, I think that can be pulled back a little bit. Um, I think it should be pulled back a little bit. Um, obviously you have latency, you've got lag, you've got server, whatever. So even if they did pull it back, some people are still going to experience a sword that feels a lot longer than the actual model of the weapon. Um, but 
at the end of the day, um, the sword has maneuverability features that double gunners don't have. Um, for example, if you're in a blocking uh, pattern and you jump in any direction, you do this quick j- dodge jump that you can that you can utilize then to get behind someone, beside someone, um, whatever it is, and and really mess with people. Um, now, as far as the blunderbuss is concerned, I know that is a prefer- preferred secondary weapon for most double gunning people. They'll either run Eye of Reach blunder or they'll use Flintlock blunder. Uh, some people do use Eye of Reach Flintlock, and I, I sometimes like that. But but the, the Blunderbuss right now, in my opinion, um, just on my experience, um, is probably the worst weapon right now. The the hit registration issues of Sea of Thieves is known far and wide, and the consistency of which you can get that one-shot kill with a Blunderbuss is very, very minimal right now. Um, you're seeing big-time PvP players like Pace, uh, Kabobbles, um, I haven't seen Alex, uh, stream for a bit. So I, I think he's still using that. I know Mason still uses the, the blunderbuss a lot. Um, but you've got pace and you've got kabobbles and, and other big names, boxy and beard who, who aren't using that blunderbuss a whole lot. Now I know boxy likes using the sword. I know beard likes using the sword. Falcor uses the sword. Um, but you've got these big names in PVP who are, switching more to the sword and more so using the flintlock. Now that the flintlock is a much better place. You talk to a lot of these people, you talk to me uh, a month ago, um, even, even a month ago, um, I would not have recommended anyone using the, um, anyone using the flintlock. The flintlock had horrible hit registration. It was absolutely garbage. um, and I know a lot of people still use the flintlock, but it wasn't in a good place. Um, and now that they've kind of fixed the flintlock, the 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 blunderbuss feels really bad. I don't know how many times I have been fighting someone, and I'm aiming down the sights on a blunderbuss at near point blank range, and pull the trigger, and sure they get bounced a little bit, but there's sometimes they don't even get bounced, but um, but there's no one shot kill. Now other times I I position myself with the blunderbuss in a kill shot or in a shot that shouldn't be a kill shot. I'm just trying to knock them back in it and it, and it one shots them. Um, now again, of course, I don't know the other person's health. They could be low on health, um, and things like that, but the blunderbuss seems very inconsistent to me right now. And until I see an improvement in the, the, in the, in that it's, it's definitely not my first choice when I, when I, when I go, um, double gun. I, I usually have been doing flintlock and, and, and pistol, although I will pull the blunderbuss out, um, every now and again. Um, for those new players out there, for those players who, who maybe haven't played a whole lot of this game, um, a, a pro tip with these guns, um, please, for the love of God, don't use the blunderbuss and the sword and expect to kill someone at range. Please don't. I don't know how many times I have been fighting and I see from the water, someone failed to board my ship and they are firing at me when I'm standing on the back of the ship with a blunderbuss at really far range. And I just see these pellets going everywhere and they don't hit what they're, they're shooting at. Or, or they're, they're, they're on a, on a, a galleon and they're fighting me or something. And they're, and they're standing at the helm and I'm standing mid, mid ship or, or near the front of the ship. And I just see a blunderbuss shootout. 
The blunderbuss is not in any way, shape, or form a ranged weapon that goes any more than point-blank range. Okay, each of those pellets does uh, 10 points of damage. There are 10 pellets, which added up, it's 100 damage, which is a one-shot kill if all 10 pellets hit. That is the math. If you're shooting more than, more than about, you know, two feet, three feet from someone, you're not going to hit them with all 10 pellets. You may hit them with a few, but you're not going to do as much damage as say a, a, a hip fire flintlock or an eye of reach, or even using the sword at that matter at that distance, the sword is very deadly. So come on, be smart. Right. Um, the only time you will ever catch me using sword and blunderbuss together is when I am in a situation where there's a lot of borders, right? Uh, Galleon Arena, for example, not necessarily a huge competitive um, mode, like, say, the NAL, when every so often you might get a couple borders, but in general, everyone's firing with cannons. You're, you're not going to see me with Sword Blunder. If I'm in, like, Sloop Arena, and I've got a, a lobby full of, of tuck-wearing sweaty sweats who all that they want to do is board your boat, and lock you down. And that's all they care about is, is playing adventure in arena. Then you'll see me use sword and blunder because it's hilarious when they try to board my boat or get on my boat. And I just knock them off or sword them to death. Uh, and, and then of course it's, Oh, you sword bot, you left clicking jerk, blah, blah, whatever. You know, you lost tough shit, you know, respawn and, and try better. Um, but please don't snipe with the blunder bus. It's, it's just embarrassing to see. It's just embarrassing. If you don't have, let's say, let's say you're in a situation where you didn't switch out your weapons and you have a blunderbuss and you have a sword and you're at range, just don't fire the blunderbuss. Just like swim at them, dodging as best you can die with your sword out for all I care. Just don't try to blunder snipe because it just, it just looks bad and it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for you and it's embarrassing. Honestly, embarrassing for the person you're frightening. At least if you have a sword, they're like, oh, he has a sword that, oh, it's so he must be out of ammo. At least then someone can come up with an excuse as to why you're not shooting them with a proper weapon. They can say, oh, he's out of ammo. That sucks. But if you're blunder sniping, you clearly have ammo and you just don't understand the concept of ranged warfare in this game. So just don't do it. Just keep the blunder bus away if you're in a situation where you've got a sword and it, just don't just put it away. Just put it away. I hope sea of thieves. Um, I hope rare really does look at the blunderbuss and, and, and is, is looking at how it is right now is with the hit registration and with, um, with the current state of the game. I hope they, they severely look at that weapon and they start to do some tweaks on it to bring it back. Um, I honestly don't think any gun in this game should be a one shot kill. Um, but that, that is what it is. I, I don't think any gun should be a one shot kill. Um, I think a point blank blunderbuss should do more than the eye of reach. Maybe make it 80 damage instead of a hundred. Um, I don't think any gun should be a one shot kill. The, 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 the blunderbuss already has the knockback feature, which allows you to knock someone back and then quickly hit fire or eye of reach or sword or something. I honestly think they should really work on the consistency of the blunderbuss and, and take away its ability to one shot someone, um, at full health. Now, if you one shot someone and they're not at full health, well, that's their stupidity for not being full health. But, but I really honestly think they should, they should reevaluate the blunderbuss being a one shot kill. I just, I really think they should. 
um, and and maybe 80, 90 damage. Okay. But with the knockback, but if you're going to one shot people, take the knockback off of the blunderbuss, just take it off. And of course, double gunners will then say, well, then the sword's going to roll us over. Well, then use a sword. Like seriously, like either it knocks back or it can one shot someone. But if, if it's going to knock back and not one shot, like you, you gotta, you gotta work with it, right? If you're going to get the knockback, um, and you have a one shot, no. Okay. But if you get the one shot, you don't get the knockback or you get the knockback and you get like 90 damage or 80 damage. I, I honestly think a, a little work there, um, needs to be done, but more so the biggest piece with the blunderbuss right now is consistency, um, with the hit registration issues that we are all aware of. So I, I hope they, they take a look at that. Um, a few other things, um, a, a combat, I guess, uh, pro tips is, is the flintlock is a very powerful gun. Not only do you have the ability to aim down the iron sights on, on most of it. And if you don't have a flintlock that has iron sights, get a flintlock with iron sights, right? Everyone has access. I know back in the day before I was playing, everyone complained because the mercenary, uh, flintlock was, was time sensitive. Um, you've got the, um, insiders flintlock, which takes forever to unlock. Um, the aristocrat flintlock was, was time limited and people were bitching. Now everyone and their mother can get the, the, the mercenary one. No, it's not the prettiest one. No, it probably doesn't match the outfit that you're going with, but at least it has iron sights, right? If you have a flintlock, use one with iron sights. Um, or if you've got one that doesn't quite have iron sights, but has somewhat of a, of a point of reference and you get good at using that point of reference when you're aiming down the site, then use that one. But any of these flintlocks that don't have irons, they're hip fire weapons, right? Now, if you get good at hip firing, awesome. You know, if you get good at hip firing, awesome. That's great. Um, but but also the iron sight piece of the flintlock is is very powerful. Now, the flintlock does um, does do what uh, 50, 50 points of damage. So that means you need two shots to kill. Um, or you can do a, a eye of reach, which is 75, I think 75, um, with a follow-up, um, uh, flintlock. So, um, there, there's multiple ways to kill people, but, but the flintlock, in my opinion, is one, one of the best weapons. I, I love that gun. Um, now it doesn't give you necessarily, unless until you get really good at it, it doesn't give you those super long range accurate shots, but if you get good at it, it, it will do that. Um, and it's not as obviously potent. As the eye of reach, it doesn't go as far as the eye of reach, but still, I, I think that weapon is great. And I encourage everyone also to look into learning how to hip fire that gun. I've been practicing that a lot, um, either on stream or off stream. I've been trying to use the flintlock more and more and practicing that hip fire, because if you nail an eye of reach shot and then can quickly switch that flintlock and just pop them with the flintlock, it's an instant kill at range, right? Um, or if you pop them with the hip fire flintlock and then slash them with a sword, or maybe you're in with the sword and they start running and they get out of range of your sword and you can pop them with the flintlock. There's a lot of great ways to, to, to do that damage and get that kill. If you learn how to hip fire, um, consistently and accurately with the, with the flintlock. And it's a very consistent gun. It's a very accurate gun on the hip fire. I mean, you could sit there and be jumping around. And as long as you know where that barrel needs to be um, on your screen, when you hip fire, you're going to hit your target. It's they have done great work with the flintlock um, to bring it back into the fold as far as a preferred weapon of choice on the seas. So um, I strongly suggest new players and even veteran players 
learn that hit fire flintlock. You will be very, very happy that you did. It's a great weapon. Um, in fact, my weapons of choice right now in, in arena even are, is, is, uh, I have reached flintlock, um, until, um, I I've got some more close range combat stuff or until I'm working on boarding a ship and then I use the sword. Um, and then depending if it's galleon or if it's sloop, I'll go sword flintlock for sloop sword eye of reach for galleon just because of the size difference of the ship i prefer using the eye of reach on a galleon because i've got more space there um, on a sloop it's very close combat you aim down the sights of the the eye of reach and though there are many players who succeed and and do amazing things with the eye of reach when you are on a when you're on a sloop and and you're not the greatest at aiming and not the greatest at tracking me I am not the greatest at any of those. Um, I prefer the flintlock on it. It's just the, the, the eye of reach just zooms in too much on the sloop for me. Um, it's just my preferred play method. I'm sure with practice I could get better, but you know, I've never been that great at tracking people with guns. So whatever, whatever. Um, so moving away now from, from player versus players and the pirate and another pirate, uh, combat talking about combat naval combat right this is a this is a sailing game okay this is not fortnite right this is not apex legends this is not counter strike this is not valorant okay part of the pvp of this game is sailing controlling your boat fighting with cannons right that's all part of it and when you are actually fighting with those cannons when you're when you're naval combating people right um one, obviously the cannonball is important, but, but you've got all these special things that you can use, right? Chain shots, fire, um, blunder, uh, all the special balls. If you're not in arena, um, of course, but, but getting, getting good, get good, son, getting good at any of those special balls really turns the tides when you are in a situation where, where it could be any uh, it could be any uh, uh, ship galleon versus galleon brig versus galleon sloop versus galleon whatever it is getting good at the the special balls allows you to cause chaos on the on the enemy ship right if mass start falling if the ship is on fire if blunder bombs are hitting the the side of the hall and jerking your ship around messing up aim or or something like that it then allows you to move to those those cannonballs, cause more damage, use more special balls, and really get um, an advantage on the other ship. For example, a blunder bomb in Galleon Arena can can do a lot. Where if you are losing angle on a ship, you can use a blunder bomb to knock that ship back into angle for you. Or on the other side. If a ship has angle on you and you want to keep angle on them, but knock them at a cannon angle, use a blunderbomb. You can easily hit the front or the back of the ship and tweak that ship however you want to tweak it in order to knock them out of uh, a cannon angle or knock them into cannon angle, right? And you can do that in adventure as well, right? You can do that in adventure as well. Just like if you if you've got holes in it, if you're running a brig or a, a sloop, right, and you've got a gun disadvantage against a galleon, you may have mobility, but you have a gun disadvantage uh, against a galleon, and you get a nice sneak attack or, or or a back end shot on the galleon, and you're putting them full of holes, and you just you're owning them, right? But you're about to enter a position 
where they've got cannon angle on you and you want to make sure that those holes you've punctured stay open, start hitting them with blunder bombs. One, to knock them out of angle, but two, knock them away from the helm, knock them away from those sails if, you, if they need to repair that, knock them off the cannons, knock them away from an anchor that's been dropped, knock them off the hull repairs, right? So a blunder bomb is an excellent tool because depending on where you hit on the ship, it could hit people on mid-deck and top deck. It could people hit people on lower deck and mid-deck because those those pellets are going to hit multiple locations just like if you are if you have boarded a ship let's say you've boarded a brig and you've dropped their your their anchor and instead of chasing after you and you run down into the bottom of the ship and they're pushing the anchor up you can chuck blunder bombs up at that anchor area and knock them off from the second deck. Yes, you know, uh, they, they they changed it so you've got the um, the guns will not penetrate those decks. But they didn't change anything on blunder bombs, right? Just like, and I know this because I troll my crew all the time by throwing blunder bombs at them and, well, I'm not on the same deck they are. Right. And firebombs are also great, right? I love firebombs. Now, some people get a little carried away with firebombs, such as people who miss the board and they just start firebombing your, the ship. Um, you know, here's the thing. A, a, a taxful, proper use of firebombs is great, right? If you've got a follow-up to firebombs, they're great because they can cause chaos. They can cause some damage, which then you can capitalize on with eye of reach, or you can capitalize on with weapons. But if you just miss a board and you just firebomb people to firebomb people, you're not doing anything, right? Sure. You've put some fire on the ship that they now have to take care of. Sure. You might have caused some damage to them, but if you're not following up with kills, if you're not following up with a second board, if you're not following up with anything, but setting their ship on fire, you are accomplishing nothing right? If they don't have a keg that explodes, if they don't have anything that that fire triggers or follows up on, you've done nothing. And for example on that, I think it was like two weeks ago, right? We, uh, my crew was hunting down a sloop, right? It was a, it was a sloop with a, I think it was grade five Reaper or something. I don't remember what they were running, but we were hunting them down and they knew that we were relatively fresh spawn and we didn't have a lot of food. And so they kept trying to board, failing to board, setting us on fire, blah, blah, blah. And we were just like, why are you guys using your fire bombs and doing this? And th th literally their response was, th this was their response. They said, well, we've got plenty of fire bombs and we know that, that you're relatively fresh spawn and we're using your food supply. Uh, okay. You're running away from us. You're failing at boards. You're setting our boat on fire. Sure, it's using our, our food supply, but as you're running, we're firing off to islands and getting more food, right? Because you are running from us and you're not doing any sort of follow-up aside from fire bombs. We're just resupplying our food and staying healthy and you're accomplishing nothing but just running from us. And eventually we caught them, we sunk them, and sure, they had probably like 200 fire bombs. That's great. We could have survived all those firebombs and still had plenty of food to kill them once we caught up. If you're going to firebomb a ship, you have to have a follow-up to it. Or use the firebombs as a follow-up to something, right? If you pelt a ship full of cannonballs and then light it on fire, now you're causing chaos, which is stopping them from focusing on the holes, 
because they have the this fire or they're focusing on the holes and the fire is spreading, which means now it's giving you time to reload your cannons or get someone over to that ship. But a firebomb is not the solution. The firebomb is a distraction. It's a chaos causer, which then requires a follow-up. If there is no follow-up, the firebomb was wasted, right? It is a chaos causer. It is a, it is a distraction, but it needs to have a follow-up to be successful. Kubatai says, Captain, go board their ship, matey. Noob. Okay. Also noob. Misses the board and firebombs. Captain. All right. Walk the plank. Very much so, right? The firebomb strategy must have a follow-up. If it does not have a follow-up, it is useless. Stop wasting your supplies. Now, if you've got 300 firebombs or 200 firebombs or even 100 firebombs, sure, go ahead and set their ship on fire. But just know, if you don't have a follow-up, if you don't have a board and an anchor with follow-up cannon shots, if you don't have cannon shots firing those, if you don't have blunder bombs, special balls, whatever it is, if you don't have a, fo- if you don't have a follow-up to your firebombs, you, you didn't do anything. Now, sure, the firebomb sometimes with other, with noobish crews, sure, might cause a sink with what, what not much follow-up. But in general, a, a moderately seasoned pirate or an extremely seasoned crew is easily going to be able to take care of firebomb spam on their ship without worry if there's no follow-up. Now, if there is follow-up, cannonballs that are puncturing holes in their galleon or their brig, blunder bombs, which is killing them on deck, a keg up in their crow's nest that explodes. If there's no follow-up, right, it's it's useless. But if there is follow-up, a firebomb barrage from a cannon or a mist board can definitely lead to a good sink, right? It can definitely lead to that. You just have to make sure that you've got the follow-up. If you've got no follow-up plan, you haven't thought your plan through very much and you probably shouldn't firebomb people. <clears throat> Second piece of naval combat that I will I will tell people. Learn to sail, right? Learn to sail. Of course, there's all the jokes and the memes out there of reaper running reapers. Reapers are cowards and all that stuff. And in and, and general, it's true. There, there are a lot of reapers out there that they don't give two shits. And they will run away from you at every chance they get. They just want a PVE. They want to level up their reaper. They want to complete their reaper accommodations. And they have no interest in PVP. Learn to sail. Because it doesn't matter if a ship runs away from you. If you are a competent person or you have a competent person on your crew that can helm, you will beat them. If you are competent at sailing, you will win every single time someone runs away from you. If you are competent, right? Now, if it's helmsman versus helmsman, two equally competent people, then it gets really fun, right? Because it's the first person that makes a mistake is probably going to lose. But if, if you're in, in general, from my experience, most people are not competent people when they sail, right? They don't have an experienced and tactfully minded helmsman that is driving their boat. So they're going to make errors. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to think if you're on a galleon and they're in a sloop and they sail against the wind, that they're going to beat you every time. And that's just not the case. Yes, they will put distance between you and them, but not enough distance to stall their loot. 
right? Eventually, they're going to run out of spaces to run, and then they're going to have to make the hard decision. Do I turn left or do I turn right? Both ways give the galleon wind. Both ways put me in a disadvantage. You just have to be patient enough to get them in that position where they have to make the difficult decision of giving you wind left, giving you wind right, giving you cannon angle, giving you boarding angle. They have to make that difficult decision. And then you, as the crew who are, who are chasing, you then have to capitalize on that, right? You've chased them down. You've put them in that difficult situation. You have to land that cannon. You have to land that, that special ball. You have to land the chain shot. You have to land the board, right? Because then if you don't, what's going to happen? They're going to finagle their way around and they're just going to keep running. They're just going to keep running. You have to get to a situation where you put them in a bad situation, no matter what they do, and you have to capitalize on it. Kubitai says, good helm versus good helm is always exciting. You are correct. Because at that point, it's which person is more patient and which person is, is the, is the one who's two steps ahead, right? Because the person who's two steps ahead and more patient is going to win out against the person who makes a rash decision or makes a decision of like, Oh, Hey, we can maybe do this. Right. But they haven't thought two steps ahead. They only thought one step ahead and the person chasing them has, is two steps ahead. And they're already thinking, well, if they do this, I can do that. Or if they do this, I can do that. So whichever way they go, you win. But you have to capitalize, right? You have to capitalize. You cannot just assume someone is going to make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Some crews will. Most crews won't. You have to capitalize on the opportunity that you have to sink them, right? You have to capitalize. It's very important. And for those people who, who are out there and who are reapers, um, and you see a ship running away from you, don't start bitching on the horn. Don't start yelling on the horn. Oh, you're a reaper runner. Oh, you're a running reaper. Here's the thing. Has my crew turned and ran from another ship? Absolutely. Are we running because we're scared? No. Are we running because we just want to go into the wind and get away for now? Sure. But I promise you, if my crew turns and runs away, it's because the situation you've put us in is not advantageous to us winning. And we're going to outsail you and we're going to turn and kill you. So don't just sit here and say, oh, just because I, I was on a brig and you're on a galleon and I turned into the wind and I'm sailing away from you. Don't think for a second that I'm just running away to go sell or drop my rowboat or drop my flag. Uh-uh. Uh, that's not my thought process. My thought process is not get the loot off the boat and sell it to prevent these assholes from getting it. My thought process is I am going to outsail you and put you in a position where I win. Strategy always comes first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kubitai says as an above average player, will can uh, will occasionally make mistakes because no one can be pro at sea of thieves. NAL is proof that someone can always take over if they have control of their crew. 100%. If you've got a solid crew and you know your stations, who's watching borders. That's a big thing that people miss all the time, right? That's a big thing that people miss all the time. 
if you're on a galleon or you're on a brig or even if you're on a sloop, who's watching the borders? Who's watching left? Who's watching right, right? How many times do you see someone or a group of people standing on the bowsprit and just looking off just, Oh, look there. Yeah. I see the ship. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. It's over. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We're following them. Hey, uh, if we get a little closer, I might be able to harpoon them. Oh, pew, pew, pew. And they get boarded and anchored and then it's over. Right. Who's watching left. Who's watching, right. Who's watching for mermaids, right? Who's doing what on your ship? Who's angling sails to keep things in the wind. I don't know how many times I see crews and they're on a galleon and they think they're tough shit and they've got one sail this way, one sail that way, and another sail this way. It's like, hello, which way is the wind going? You're not going to catch anyone with sails in all, a whole bunch of different directions, right? Who's on sails? Who's watching left? Who's watching right? Who's on the helm? On a thing like a sloop? That's real simple. The helms person with a proper POV can watch one ladder while the other person watches the other ladder and adjusts the sail angle. On a brig, you've got three people. You've got a helmsman that can watch one side. You've got another person who can watch the other side and adjust one sail while the other person is in the front adjusting another sail. Therefore, if the helms person sees someone boarding and can't get off to shoot them in time, the person in the front adjusting the sail can pop around and shoot them and protect the anchor. On a galleon, you've got four people. Someone on helm, which obviously can't really watch ladders too well because they got a giant sail in front of them. You've got one person on left, one person on right, right? You've got the helmsman and you've got one extra person who can, who can be adjusting sails in the front. You've got two people there that can be watching the ladders and adjusting sails in the middle or one person running to the back and helping the helmsman. Although on a galleon, if you're a helmsman, you should be taking care of your sail on your own. Now in a chase, it's a little more challenging because you you're trying to adjust the wheel and everything while you're doing it. But that's why you have the extra person. <laughs> Kubatai says Brigantine back sail is so annoying. Uh, you know, I personally like the layout of a Brigantine a lot with the, with the ladder slightly in front of you and it's all on the same level. I like, I like it. So in part in combat, don't just assume someone who's running is, is a, is a reaper runner or, or someone who's just going to PVE Lord and run away from you. Right. Never assume that. They may just outsell you. I can promise you I've outsailed a lot of people who get on the horn and start bitching about that. And then eventually they sink and it's like, oh, you were on the horn talking a whole bunch of shit about me running. And I just outsailed you freaking harpooned around a rock and sunk you because you're not paying attention to what you're doing. Right. You're not paying attention to what you're doing. So let's talk about, so, so that's kind of some, some pro tips on, or I guess some Davram tips. I won't say pro tips cause I'm not a pro, even though, you know, I'm wearing, I'm repping the cloud nine. I'm not a, I'm not a pro person. Maybe cloud nine should start a sea of thieves team. I'll be the helmsman for cloud nines NAL team. That's what I'll do. God, no, don't make me a helmsman. Unless you're going to pay me money to play this game all the time. Don't make me a helmsman. Cause I got to practice. <clears throat> I got to practice. <clears throat> um, so now let's move away from Cummins. So that, that, that's, that's your free pro tips or Davram tips for the, for the day, right? That's your, that's your tips, right? Let's move away from that and talk about some changes. And, and some of these changes that I'm going to say are very controversial. You, everyone's going to have their own opinions on them and that's fine. Tweet at me, 
at Davram TV, DM me, whatever. Um, or tap in the Twitch chat at some point. Talk to me about it. Comment on YouTube. Talk to me about it. These are just some ideas that I have that could make the game more interesting, right? Make the game more interesting. Kubitai says, like yesterday, we had to evade uh, a bit because there's galleon has been hitting our broadside a lot. Yeah, absolutely. We had a, we were on a brig and then we were going against the galleon and the galleon lands some good shots and we had to adjust our course, run a little bit, but guess what? That galleon sunk in the end. Then they came back again like a whole bunch of idiots right into our broadside and sunk real quick the second time because they didn't have any supplies. So let's talk about some changes, all right? And like I said, these aren't going to be changes that people are just going to be like, oh, yeah, Davram, that's a great idea, right? Some of these changes are going to be, what the hell are you thinking? But this is the important part about a conversation about a video game is throwing out ideas to make the game more interesting, right? We are in a period of time right now where Sea of Thieves is not, in my opinion, interesting enough, and it's, it's, missing, it's missing the mark on its updates. For example, Vaults of the Ancient updates, I have to say, aside from the quality of life updates that they've had, which in my mind have been dog shit, this Vault of the Ancients update is absolute garbage. This is garbage. Absolute garbage. It introduced a really cool thing that was really just heated up leftovers from everything else already in the game. It's easily cheesable. The 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 accommodations are so in 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 inflated. You need a hundred of these goddamn things. That's in, that's so inflated. That's going to take, like, that's, like, that's mind-numbingly, like, I think I would rather go out in the, the freaking Antarctica and stick my testicles to a metal pole and rip them off than do a hundred of these things. And then they come out, as Kubitai mentions in chat, then they come out with this ridiculous Reapers versus Gold Hoarders bullshit to try to encourage some something. It doesn't encourage anything. You still have to do a hundred of these stupid vaults. Oh, yes, let's make the Reapers going after the flag. No, it's still not going to encourage PvP. What people are going to do is they're going to put the Reaper flag up, they're going to do these damn vaults anyways, and turn in the chest and get their Reaper credit. It's not going to encourage anything. It doesn't make it interesting. Sure, it looks interesting on a website. Sure, it looks interesting as far as lore. Sure, it looks interesting on all those levels. It is not interesting. It is not interesting. Not interesting. Let me tell you what would be interesting. You can't sell your loot unless you have a floating ship that is in range of an outpost. That's interesting. That stops things like rowboat plays, right? Are rowboat plays cool? Yes. Have I done them before? Absolutely. What else does it do? Why does it make it interesting? Let me tell you, you right now cannot lower your flag unless you're within a certain range of an outpost, right? Right. Okay, make that same range loot selling as well. What does that mean? Well, your boat now has to be in range of the outpost to sell loot. Could you still drop a rowboat? Absolutely. But guess what? Now you're in range of the outpost and now you're in a situation where the other ship 
can now fire people over to you. The other ship can now get in a position to sink you, et cetera, et cetera. It encourages PVP. This game is about PVP and stealing shit. It's in the name. Look right there. My camera's adjusted and I can't point properly. Look right there. Sea of Thieves. It's about stealing and killing and stealing and killing. That's what it's about. Okay. If let's let's take on let's take it in a, in a history lesson, right? Let's take it in a history lesson. A boat, a sloop, a brigantine, a galleon, a man of war, whatever it is, a boat to pirates was the most valuable thing in the world, right? You defended your boat with your life. Therefore, your life is less important than the boat. Is pretty shiny riches really important? Absolutely. But guess what you can't get if you don't have your pirate ship? You can't get your loot. So the fact that there are people out there that disregard their ship and just let it sail off into nowhere, and then they tuck on a fort of the damned, load everything into a rowboat, row somewhere and sell it, is absolutely stupid. Because that is not the pirate way. The ship is the most important thing in a pirate's life. Because without the boat, they can't steal more loot. Without the boat, they cannot control the seas. The boat is the most important thing to a pirate. It is more important than their life. That's why they defend it with their life. So I think Sea of Thieves, if they want to encourage more interesting things, they need to do something to make that boat more important than just raising and lowering an emissary flag. They need to make the boat the center fold where you have to defend that boat because without the boat, you ain't got shit. No boat, no money. That comes from Danka Swim. Also a quote from Joe Damage. Absolutely. No boat, no money. Look at the arena. They can imply the same thing in the arena. Sloop arena is more focused on the chest than galleon arena, but let's just take the arena in general. If you get the chest and you don't have a boat, you can't sell the chest. If your boat isn't in, revenge, in range of the outpost, you can't sell the chest. What does that prevent? People from just rowboating over and camping the outpost? Oh, you can't do that because your boat's not here. You can't sell the chest. So you can kill me and let the chest sit there, but you sure can't sell it. What else does it do? It stops people from allowing their boat just to sail off into the distance while they fire over and try to sell the chest. Oh, you can't do it. Your boat's not around. Right? This could be implemented across all of Sea of Thieves and it would make things more interesting. Would it make it better or worse? Eh. For some players, it would make it worse. For other players, it would make it better. It's a wash. Who cares? It would make it more interesting. It would force players who are normally just PvE, PvE, PvE in a PvP game to learn how to PvP. You can't sell shit if you don't have a boat in range. Guess what? You're now going to have to fight a little bit. It would encourage PvP. It loads really heavy uh, money bag into rowboat. This should be fine rowboat sinks. Well, shit. Here's another interesting thing. Now, if anyone has watched my stream before, they will know that I am 100% against server hopping. Have I server hopped before in the past? Yes. Do I try to avoid it with all my living soul? Absolutely. I think server hopping is awful for this game. And the only reason it's popular is because 
is because big name streamers do it. And the only reason big name streamers do it is because they're trying to get constant action for their stream. They are not featuring the full features of this game. They are not being a good ambassador for Sea of Thieves showing off both PvP and PvE. All that they're doing is trying to hop from hop from hop from hop from PvP event to PvP event to PvP event, right? Because that's what the people who pay their bills want to see. You know what? I don't care. You are a content creator playing a game. Show off all the features of the game. You don't have to show every single little thing off. But show off more than just hopping and hopping and hopping. Because what server hopping does, it causes issues with the stability of the servers. It causes issues with the populations of the servers. And at the end of the day, we're all complaining about the healthiness of the server. We're all complaining about getting on dead servers. So stopping server hopping would do a lot to bring healthiness to the servers, would bring a lot to, to dead servers, etc., and I'm not saying prevent people from server hopping completely. What I'm saying is put a lockout timer. I'm saying put a lockout timer. If you join a server, you have one hour, you cannot leave that server. One hour. You can't join your friend's server, right? Your friends could join you, but you can't join your friend's server or whatever. And sure, people are like, well, that's going to prevent, you know, that's going to prevent. No, okay. It won't, right? If Because here's the second piece of this, right? There's two parts to this. The second part of this is allow us to change the size of our ship at the ship rate. Okay. So for example, if I get on a server knowing I'm locked out of changing servers for an entire hour and I'm on a sloop and I have two friends that get on. Well, I can't join them. One of them can join me, but guess what? Uh, we have to leave one of our buddies out. If he joins a sloop, now he's locked and we can't join him. Allow us to go to a shipwright and upgrade to a brigantine. Free of charge. Free of charge. Your resources reset in all your barrels, so have a storage crate. That makes storage crates more important. Get a brigantine. You get to keep what's in your storage crate. All your other stuff resets, and now your buddy can join you. right? Then your buddy can join you. Maybe there's a lockout timer where, you know, you want to do a galleon and you've, you're on sloops and your buddies are on sloops. Well, guess what? Sometimes that just happens. Sometimes that just happens. Also, if you can upgrade the ship, also allow a downgrade. So let's say you've got a whole crew on a galleon, you're locked into the server and all of a sudden your friends have to go because their mom is mad and she's saying, Billy, it's dinner time and you're playing that stupid video game. Get off. All right. Go to the ship, right? Put all your stuff in the storage crate, downgrade your ship and keep playing. Right? Because I promise you, I promise you, if you actually look at an hour into your game time, for the majority of people, I would say 98, 95 to 98% of players if they put a one hour lockout time on server hopping and they allowed you to upgrade and downgrade your boat, 95 to 98% of players would not notice a difference aside from healthier servers and more populated servers. 
that small percent of content creators who hop for PVP action and all that stuff, which is causing servers to have issues, which is causing health, which is causing abandoned servers, which is causing all the other players out in the world a whole lot of shit and stress and, and just boring gameplay. Yeah, sure, those people are going to be affected. Sure, you're going to have some of these content creators bitch because, oh, now all of a sudden their content is dull because they've got to do some PvE or they've got to highlight some other features of the game, which, by the way, they should be doing anyways because they're content creators for the game. Sure, they can bitch all they want. Go play Apex Legends. Go play Valorant, right? You're going to be a content creator for a video game, show off more features of the video game than you breaking servers and making the game more unplayable for the majority of players. Not saying these ideas are, are agreeant for everyone. I'm sure there's a lot of people who disagree with this and that's fine. I'm just throwing out ideas that would make this game more interesting, more stable and more fun for the majority of players, not just the specific group. Another interesting thing, pets, pets, pets are annoying to me. Pets are annoying to me. Why? Because I pick them up instead of grabbing the wheel. I see no purpose of having a pet other than to annoy me. That's the only reason to have a pet or to make fun of your friends, which I do. Make pets important. Make pets important example tucks tuckers right tuckers on an island tuckers on your boat make your pet have the ability to find tuckers and alert you of them if you have a parrot it can fly up to the crow's nest and look it'll fly around the ship and look and it's not like the pet the pet will have a like a, a high level ai if it flies within you know, or flies or walks within a couple feet of the tucker, it immediately recognizes them. Right? Now, some people may say, well, that's pay to win. No, it's not. All you have to do is make one type of pet of each type of pet buyable with gold. You get gold in the game. Bingo, bingo, you're done. Everyone who's a pirate starts with a parrot. There you go. Everyone who plays the game gets a parrot. So it's not pay to win. Right? You give everyone a parrot, a default basic bitch parrot, right? You, you make, you make one type of each pet, a thousand gold to purchase, right? Then everyone can say they all have a pet, right? If you want a special pet or you want a nice little outfit for your pet, then you got to go to the Emporium and it doesn't change anything there. Sure. Everyone gets a pet. Everyone, you know, is happy, but guess what it does then makes tucking a lot more hard. Now you're like, well, they could tuck on the fort of the damned, make the AI of the pet. When you're on an island, the pet is constantly looking around the island for things. And it alerts you. Maybe it shoots off uh, like mermaid smoke, right? And the pet is untargetable and unkillable by the person. So if they're a tucker, right? Because I don't know. Again, tucking is fun. To me, it's fun, right? I don't do it a whole lot because I play a chungus. I also don't do it a lot because to me, it's kind of boring. But I've done it. I do it. But you know what? There's a lot of players out there 
who their experience is lessened by people who just sneak on their boat and hide and then blow them up and, and take their shit. Sure. It's fun for them, but let's give them, let's give new players or let's give players who are more PVP prone or PVE prone and don't want that experience of someone tugging on the chair. Let's give them a way to fight back where they don't have to sit there and go over their ship with a lantern all the time. Let's give them a way to fight back. Give them a pet that can seek out tuckers on their ship or on their island and identify them. And that's going to step up the game of the tucker to figure out a most advantageous time to tuck on, on an island where they're going to tuck. If they see a pet coming, they're going to have to really quickly adjust because of that pet gets within a foot of them. It's going to identify them. Something like that. Be interesting. Dankus says, why can't doggos carry the emissary flag? Well, that's because dogs are dumb. I think the cats should rule the world. Kubitai says, I'm down for the default pet, but they may not allow the gold thing for all pets. Default pets would help this move towards uh, this, or, or maybe only one pet can be bought with gold. Whatever. You better take that back. No, cats will rule the world. I have four of them. Ask any of them. They will tell you they will rule the world. Ask them. They will tell you. In fact, one since I've started podcasting has been sitting right there by my door, outside the door, clawing on the door and meowing. She's telling you she will rule the world. You know why? And I'm not going to get off on a tangent here because it's not so much about Sea of Thieves. You know the difference between dogs and cats? Dogs are, they are smart animals, but they're stupid and cats are smart. Here's why. A dog needs you. A cat does not need you. A cat doesn't care if you exist or not. They don't. A dog, it needs you. It needs your attention. It needs your acceptance. It's needy. It's, it's dumb. It's like, oh, oh, did I make him mad? Oh, 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 wake the tail. I'm happy. Oh, oh. A cat's like, just leave me be. Right? That's why cats are better. Right? I can take a vacation for a week, leave my cats with food for a week, and they're fine. That dog wouldn't know what to fucking do with itself. Cats are better. Cats are better. But I think they can do a lot to make it interesting. Encounter some of these gameplay things which make their servers dead, which make their servers unplayable, which makes the experience of the majority of players bad. They could do simple things like what I've talked about and make the game more interesting and more inviting to new players and more fun for existing players by countering some of the just out of control practices of players because of what content creators have done. Now I'm a content creator. I though show off all aspects of CFDs, PVE and PVP. And sure, maybe that stopped me from growing. I don't care. I like this game and I'm going to show off everything this game has to offer. I'm not just going to show off the the tucking i'm not just going to show off the server hopping and the pvp i'm not going to just show that off right there's a lot that this game has to offer and i want to show it all off final thing final thing a change that i that i i would like to see implemented when your boat spawns in you must choose an emissary flag you must choose one. If you put that emissary down, 
you must choose a new emissary flag. Emissary flags are no longer options, they are required. Every boat on every server must have an emissary flag. Whether you level it up or not, that's your choice. But every boat on every server has to have an emissary flag at all times. You vote it down, another one pops up. What is this going to prevent? People from running and dropping their flag and avoiding PvP because of the flag. It's going to increase the emissaries on servers, which are then going to increase reapers on servers who are looking for PvP, looking to get grade five to identify where these ships are. Every ship is required by game coding to have an emissary flag on all times. The only way you can't have an emissary flag is if you don't have a boat. And based on my change that I suggested earlier, you don't have a boat, you can't sell anything. That makes the game more interesting. And it makes the emissary system important. How many times have you logged onto a server and you want to reap and pillage and there's no emissaries on the map? So what do you do? You server hop. Even right now, with the Vaults of the Ancients, the very first week the Vaults of the Ancient were out, I expected every single table that I logged into to have five gold hoarders on it. At least five gold hoarders on it. If not five gold hoarders, four gold hoarders and a reaper. Three gold hoarders and two reapers. That's what I expected to see. I log on, see no gold hoarders. Maybe one. Maybe if I'm lucky, two. This emissary system is really cool and could really make things interesting in the game. But it's useless right now. One, what's the benefit of putting up an emissary? Oh, sure, you get more money. Eh, who cares? I've got 12 million gold in the bank. I'll never spend that. Money means nothing to me. The only reason I'm running emissaries right now is because I'm trying to get uh, the max level emissary of uh, uh, ledger five months um and well it'll be for me five months in a row but the xbox achievements it's the only reason i'm running emissaries right now only reason there's no benefit to me to run an emissary the rewards have not changed right so this system is basically at this point useless unless you want achievements or or accommodations it's useless i personally think every boat is required to have an emissary. You must be an emissary of some faction out there whenever your boat is up. It would make things more interesting. But that's just a couple of my ideas that I personally feel would make this game more interesting. And that's what it needs right now. It needs an injection of adrenaline that makes things more interesting and makes new players want to play it, makes existing players want to continue to play it or come back, and... It also, it would also make for more interesting content out there for people on YouTube, make more interesting content for people um, on streaming. It would just make things more interesting. And it really needs that right now. It really needs it. The game feels stale in so many ways. The fact that some of their biggest content creators, their partners are playing games like Among Us instead of doing a full stream of Sea of Thieves. They're playing Fall Guys instead of doing a full stream of Sea of Thieves. There's some of their biggest content creators like Pace. He's playing a couple hours of Sea of Thieves and then he's going to Spellbreak or he's going to um, um, some of the other PvP games out there instead of doing an entire stream of Sea of Thieves. Kabobbles plays a couple hours and then goes to Mario. You know, these, these are problems. The game is becoming stale in so many ways 
that even their partnered streamers, the people who are who are putting the most eyeballs on this game, are only creating content for the game for a couple hours, then switching to another game. Because it's not interesting. If the game had interesting new interesting things that are keeping players engaged, keeping servers healthy, keeping people coming onto servers so you don't have dead servers, making it interesting, that would reinvigorate this and get more hours of content from your partnered content streamer. It would bring players in. It would keep players. It would. I got some friends that have played this game since its release. And unfortunately, they don't have an interest in playing it until a new update comes in that gives them something interesting to do. And Vault of the Ancients wasn't that. Vault of the Ancients did not bring players back. In fact, it probably pushed more players away because a lot of them who love achievement hunting saw that they have to do a hundred of these damn things and they were like, I'll pass, I'll pass. But this game needs an injection of something interesting, radically interesting. And those were just a couple of my ideas. I've got other ones, but you know what? We've been talking for a long time, and I think it's time to to end this episode. But please, drop some comments. What are some of your, and I'm not talking just simple changes. What are some of your changes that you have that, that are completely off-the-wall radical that Rare could do to make this game more interesting and bring new players in, bring existing players back, bring veteran players who've left back keep the keep the the folks here keep the core of the game solid but make the game more interesting to drive more content drive more players and drive more pvp and stealing what are some of your crazy off the wall ideas to do that send me a tweet at davram tv drop me a dm right stop into the twitch chat twitch.tv slash davram tv hit a follow and and drop your idea right i said off the wall harebrain ideas kubatai vote to start arena games that's a that's just a duh it should already be in there off the wall crazy like the ideas i threw out there they're not completely off the wall and off their reservation but i'll tell you what they would ruffle like some people hearing this that would ruffle their feathers and that's what the game needs it needs some ruffled feathers injection of interest that's what it needs that's what it needs playing fetch with doggos dank no if you play if you can play fetch with doggos then i want to be able to throw a cat at someone as a weapon it blinds them and causes damage over time as it claws the person's face off no i don't think kubatai they should remove peeing from dogs what i think they should do what I think they should do is allow you to capture the pee in a bucket and use it, use it like vomit. That's what I think they should do. Only instead of like throw up your character, like, Oh, Oh, like something like that. That's what they should do. That's what I should do. But guys, thank you very much for listening to this episode of pirate talk radio. You can check it out on every podcast app out there. We release this every single week. If you would like to join the chat and check out Pirate Talk Radio Live and join in the conversation, make sure you go over to twitch.tv slash TV and drop a follow. If you're on YouTube and watching this after the live 
uh, podcast recording, please do hit that subscribe button and drop a like, drop me a comment about what you thought about this episode, maybe future guests and or topics you would like me to cover. Let me know. Follow me on Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, Davram TV on all those. Thank you very much, guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. And remember, you can support Pirate Talk Radio by going to Twitch and subscribing, dropping bits and donations, or by going to patreon.com slash TV and subscribing there. And by the way, some of the subscriptions there, you get cool stuff like t-shirts and things. So big brain play, big brain play. But guys, thank you very much for watching, and we'll catch you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.